Hello again, everybody. Welcome once again to episode 46 of the Tigers Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Chris Schulte, and I am happy to be back in studio doing this for you guys. This podcast recorded on Monday, September 6th, Labor Day 2021. Uh, Just a couple of quick tidbits here. Um... The reason for no podcast last week is because I was very, have been very ill, still am a little bit uh, under the weather here, um, fighting off the crud that decided to attack me uh, and make mincemeat of my immune system. Um, but I wanted to do a show, I wanted to do a podcast, and I wanted to make sure that, that you know. I didn't get too far behind and, and miss out on having the ability to say something of import or value on a situation. Well, to be able to give an opinion on a situation of import or value. Fortunately, nothing major has happened in the last two weeks. A.J. Hinch is still the manager. Um, there's been some front office moves of late. But uh, other than that, there's really not been a lot. Uh, a lot of major shakeups. Let's go ahead and get into some of the things that have been going on. Uh, there was a major move in the front office in that uh, David Littlefield, who was the Tigers director of scouting and player development, has taken a lateral position. He is now the director of assigned scouting, which I have no idea what that entails, but it means that he doesn't have to put his hands all over the draft anymore, which will be pretty decent. Um, There's been other people who have been reassigned to different positions. One of them is a guy named Jay Sartori, who I didn't know this, but apparently the Tigers hired him away from Apple back in 2015, so that's kind of impressive. But uh, it's all in the analytics department. It's all in the front office and the scouting and player development area where there's been some pretty decent moves made. Um... And it sounds like Detroit's actually going to try to make a commitment to that aspect of the game, which they finally really need to. Uh, mostly because they are behind big time. But then again, they've been building this department from scratch only since like 2017. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Um, with all that being said, I am uh, glad to know that they're actually going to be committing a little bit more to the analytics side of things because um, analytics is huge. Analytics is key. If you don't have analytics in today's game and you are a front office guy, you're going to get run over by a lot of people. And I think that's part of the problem in Pittsburgh. I think that's part of the problem in Baltimore. Um, They're running into some analytics issues when they draft these guys and... uh, they're not playing out, but um, we'll see from we'll see from uh, you know for the next over the next few years how this all pans out for the Tigers. Uh, with all that being said, uh, let's hit the wayback button and go back to August twenty third, twenty twenty one. Miguel Cabrera has just hit a four hundred and twenty two foot moonshot um, off of Jack Flaherty. And that actually sent him to the locker rooms with an injury. Uh, It probably hurt his neck watching the ball go that far off of Miguel Cabrera's bat. He then proceeds to hit another uh, 422-foot home run in Comerica Park against the A's 
last week, which was it was good to see him hit uh, hit another one at home. Um, Detroit split that series in St. Louis, a game apiece, and by rights should have won both games. They were actually in the second game quite well. It went into extra innings, so um, so they should have won that game too. But you know what? That's what happens when you don't score in your half of the in your half of the of the of the tenth inning when you got that that extra inning runner, as Dan Dickerson likes to call him. Um, so they lost that second game. Then they came home and beat Toronto in the first game of a three-game set and then lost the next two. All of those games were three to two, uh, three to two scores. <laughs> All three of those games. Toronto, the team that, that just cleans people's clocks when it comes to offense, is held to nine runs in three games. Uh, then Oakland comes in, and I told you guys before, Oakland doesn't Oakland doesn't care about being at Comerica Park. They just play well there anyway. Um, since 2017, they had won 11 straight games there. Make it 12 until uh, last Wednesday, where Detroit finally got off the board and beat them eight to six. And then they promptly lost on Thursday by that same margin to the Athletics. So now they can say, well, we've um, we've lost 13 out of 14 instead of 14 in a row. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, over the weekend, they can then go on the road to Cincinnati and take two out of three at, at, at Cincinnati, including a 15-5 drubbing on Friday. Um <sighs> where everybody was getting on base. Um, and uh, it was looking pretty good for the Tigers. Matt Boyd came back on Saturday, had some command issues. The Tigers lost that game 7-4, to four, and then they won yesterday against um, Cincinnati um, by the count of 4-1. to one. Now, today's game... Today's game is a kind of a microchasm of, of, of the good Tigers and the bad Tigers. Uh, Tarek Skubal comes out. He's on an innings limit. Casey Mize was on an in innings limit yesterday as well. So we now know that they're going to only throw three innings over their next five starts. They're both at 135 innings. They don't want their, them to go to 150, past 150 innings. And so we now know beyond the shadow of a doubt that anytime you see Skubal or Mize in there, get a good look because you'll only see them for three innings, no matter what they're doing, how well they're doing. Case in point, Casey Mize threw 30, 34 pitches on yesterday in the game against Cincinnati of perfect ball, nine up, nine down, but it was after it was his third inning of work, and so AJ pulled the plug and brought in, um, I don't even remember who he brought in, but they held up. That wasn't the problem. Uh, Jose Urania, actually. It was Jose Urania who pitched a couple of good innings and then and then a couple of other bullpen. Uh, well, it ended up getting into the point where it was. It got to be uh, Cisnero, Fulmer. Sorry, Fulmer, Cisnero, Soto. And Soto had to come in for a five-out save uh, last night. But bottom line is... <clears throat> um. Now that you know, if you're an opposing manager, you know, okay, Casey Mize is going today. I'm only going to see him for three innings. I'm not going to worry too much about that. 
because now you know you're getting into the Tigers' bullpen early. You're getting into the Tigers' bullpen exactly after, in the fourth inning. So I I plan for that and win the game in the in 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 the fourth fourth inning through the ninth. I don't even worry about the first three innings. Same with Tarek Skubal. Uh, but Tarek Skubal gave up a two-run homer in the bottom of the first to Kevin Newman, a guy who's hit 218 and had only four home runs all year. And uh, that two-run shot really was was uh, his... Tarek's first inning was just atrocious. He threw over 20 pitches in the first, and then he settled down for the second and third. But... Um, he really, you could just tell, was not was not about pitching uh, this week. Langdon, get in here. Down. That's what happens when your podcast studio just so happens to be your living room. Um... But you could tell that he just wasn't about. He was. He knew he was only going to go three. He just wasn't about. He just wasn't feeling it. Um. He had his. He had his. One thing I will say about Scooble is, it's never really bad for him as long as he's got his fastball, and he had his fastball today. He just didn't have the command of his breaking pitches, and he just seemed a little off, and. Uh, the Pirates took advantage of it. Detroit took a 3-2 lead into the do- into the bottom of the seventh, and then the bullpen spit the bit, and Pittsburgh ended up winning 6-3. to um, But this game was this game was was about a lot of of sloppy play on the Tigers' part, and a lot of ex- better execution on Pittsburgh's part. And this is a Pittsburgh team. Let's not forget that beat Detroit two out of three in April. Now. To be fair, everybody was beating Detroit two out of three in April. But um, this is something that AJ had to remind his uh, players of uh, when they were sitting in the locker room was, hey, this team ain't going to fall over and, 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 and go away just because they've only got 40-something wins and we've got 70, almost 70 wins. We got 60, they've got 63 wins. You know, just because we've got 20 more wins than they do doesn't make doesn't mean they're going to step step back and just let us have everything that we want. We still have to play for what we want, and so that's that's what they've been trying to do, but they just didn't do it today. They just really haven't done it today, and I'm concerned because this is to me. If you look at if you look at this game, this is the classic playing to the level of your opponent's intent uh, talent. Um, game instead of the of playing to your own intensity level, there we're, we're we're stooping down to the level of the Pittsburgh Pirates' talent, and that's just not. It's not something that that. It, it's one thing that I want to see AJ Hinch figure out at the end of the year is how to get his team to stay at that intensity level that they need, and he knows how to do it. He knows he needs to do it. He knows he needs to do it as early as next year because obviously this year is 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 lost. I mean they're they're 75 and 70 they're 65 and 74 this year. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the wild card. They're not even going to get to 500. 
not with the schedule they've got coming up. Yeah, they've got two more against Pittsburgh, but then they got three against Tampa, two against Milwaukee, four more against Tampa, and then they got Kansas City, Chicago, and Minnesota over the last three weeks. It's not going to be an easy road to hoe. And those four against Tampa are on the road. They never play well at Tropicana Field. So I don't I don't see them doing well on on that front. They might play better against Tampa at home. But I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Um, now to be fair, Tampa is a team that Detroit has played decently against at home lately, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's cover some injuries and some roster moves real quick. Detroit designated uh, Ian Kroll for assignment. They designated Rosimo Ramirez for assignment. They designated Drew Hutchison for assignment. Hutchison and Kroll ended up getting outrighted to Toledo. They designated Renato Nunez for assignment, and here's the funny thing that I see here. The transaction log says that he's a third baseman and that he was outrighted to Toledo. But yet, I also saw something come across that said that they gave him his release. So I don't know where Renato Nunez is, what Renato Nunez is doing, but he's apparently no longer with the Tigers. And, of course, they don't need him because they've got Adderlin Rodriguez down in, in AAA and they've got Spencer Torkelson down in AAA. And, and, and uh, where are they going to play him? Isak Paredes is a, can play third and first. Cody Clemens can play first. As well as some right field. Where are they going to put Nunez? So my guess is, is that they knew what was going on and they decided to give Nunez his outright release. Detroit's been pretty good about that. That's the same reason that they gave uh, Erasmo Ramirez his uh, out, outright release is so that somebody could claim him, somebody could sign him and and allow him to pitch in a, in a with a team that, that, that could use his talents more. Look, Detroit is trying to figure out what they've got in Alex Lang and Jason Foley. They sent Foley back down to the minors. They also sent Zach Short down to the minors today. Um, they reactivated on Tuesday, or sorry, on Wednesday. Um, Willie Peralta and Nico Goodrum. They also reactivated last week, Matt Boyd and Jose Urania. So those guys are back in the, in the, in the mix of things. Um, and if with, with them wanting to give limited innings to Scooble and Mize, they're probably going to make sure that they stay well away from um, keeping a five-man rotation. So you'll probably see a six-man rotation for the rest of the year, uh, which wouldn't bother me so much because you've got Boyd, who's already had some issues. You've got Peralta, who's had some issues. Urania, who's had some issues. Uh, you've got some injury issues in that rotation anyway, so you might as well baby those arms for the rest of the year as long as you can because of the fact that, I mean, let's face it, Detroit's not in the playoffs, so uh, it's not like they're in a race for anything special right now. Uh, would be nice to finish third in front of Kansas City. 
but you know, we'll see where that goes. So, um, want to get into some injury comments. Uh, Jake Rogers is probably done for the year. Now, Jake Rogers has a pronator Terry strain. Now, let me explain how that muscle works. Take your palm and flip it up. When you do that, your wrist is supinated. Your palm is in the supine position. Flip it over so that your palm is facing down and your wrist is pronated. Your palm is in the pronate, the prone position. So what Jacob Rogers has done is he's strained the muscle that allows his wrist to turn and pronate or supinate. Now, most people don't think that's a big deal. For a catcher, it's huge because you've got to flip your hand to pro to prone from supine or back again when you're trying to throw a baseball or when you're trying to catch a baseball, when you're trying to swing a baseball bat. So there's so many things in baseball that that pronator Terry's muscle does that Jake Rogers just hasn't had it. He's had a slow comeback. They're not going to rush it. They're not going to push anything on him because look, it's December, it's September 26th, September 6th. The baseball season ends on October 3rd. So it's not even going to be a month. Why push yourself back for that? So the expectation is that Jake Rogers is done for the year. Julio Turan is also done for the year. He was able to throw to live batters in Lakeland, but he wasn't able to generate enough arm speed to pitch. So basically what that tells me is everything was coming out of his arm, out of his hand at 65, 70 miles an hour and not much faster than that. So that's not good news, but he was only on a one-year deal anyway. And, and so it's not like we lost a lot when we didn't get him to, when he didn't, uh, when he didn't uh, pitch, when he was injured. Now, with all that being said, the question then becomes, will he come back as a tiger next year? And that's, that's, that's the interesting thought process that uh, we have to work on. So, Anyway, as I said, the Tigers have two more against Pittsburgh. They're night games, and then they've got the weekend series against Tampa. I will be back on Sunday. Great news, folks. October 3rd is my last episode of the year uh, because it's the last game of the year, but that's also episode 50, so we're going we're gonna to make an interesting episode out of that. So um, with all that being said... Quick check of the minors. Riley Green had just hit his 20th home run yesterday. Spencer Torkelson, his 25th. Spencer Torkelson has 25 homers over Class A Advanced, Double A, and Triple A. But yet he's only the fourth best prospect in the majors. I don't think that's right. We're not going to get too deeply onto that soapbox. Interested in something that Jim Bowden said because he did say earlier in, in, in an, uh, an article in The Athletic that he feels that Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson go north with the Tigers next year. I feel differently about that, but it was interesting to read his his thoughts and theories on that because um, I, I respect Jim Bowden's opinions. I respect him as a as a as a journalist. I respect him as a former general manager. He knows a little bit about the game, so 
Um, I, I, I was very happy to see him say that about Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but we'll agree to disagree at some point. With all that being said, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can. Podcast Tigers on the internet. Sorry, at Podcast Tigers on Twitter. Tigers Baseball Podcast at gmail.com. It's the world's longest uh, email address. Get a hold of us. Thanks to Anchor for distributing the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and we will talk to you guys on Sunday. Until then, go Tigers!